Hello. Hey, what's new? What's the latest gossip? <laughs> um, it's been a while. It has. You've been traveling up a storm. Let's hear all about it. Uh, I am back home though now for good for the foreseeable <laughs> future. Uh, where did I go? When was the last time we recorded? I don't even well, remember. We, were, we talked about Las Vegas because you were just on your way there. Tell us uh, all yeah. about it. Uh, Vegas was fun. Very impressive. Feels uh, very I wanna, grand. I want to go with you. Um, you you would have felt right at home because off season all the uh all the Eastern European tourists <laughs> are uh, teeming. I thought you were gonna say the all the are teaming with them. All, all the bears clogging up the pool filter. Yeah, right. You think the bears would dare uh, travel anywhere in a hundred and ten degrees heat? <laughs> um, Fire Island, um, Palm Springs, Sitges, <laughs> <just> Spain. <laughs> I think they they need a baseline of humidity in their <laughs> travel destination to keep keep the body hair kinky. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, Vegas was really fun. I highly recommend. Even for those who don't like uh, the oppressive desert heat, gambling or whatnot, at least you can smoke indoor, which <laughs> is one of the greatest perks available to uh u.s citizens currently <laughs> it's funny because they don't let you smoke poolside but you're allowed to smoke in the casinos which oh my god make up a lot of like interior space did you do any gambling i tried to we're too dumb for that <laughs> it's just, it's really well you, spoiler alert it's stacked against you <laughs> sure it's stacked against you but it's also you know it's federally supervised and so there's no there's no funny business <laughs> it's stacked against you in the sense yeah, that the yeah. house makes an x amount of revenue and so it depends on like your your luck of whatever game you played the the you know your when you approach the like slot machine or whatever but Anyways, I just I don't have a, a head for like a brain for math or anything like that, and so even f- figuring out the basics of a slot machine was just too <laughs> too much for me or for my travel partner. So Aww. I'm not the only one at fault here. Well, you just got to keep pressing that button because uh, I heard I heard it's just card based now, right? You have like a card you load up or something. No, you can. It takes the machine takes uh, oh, okay. dollar bills or whatever. Okay. Um, I wish it was only one button or like one lever, but it's not, it's like, it's that complicated. There's so many options and there's all these like, like royalty machines, like Prince of Persia slot machine and stuff like that. So like those are notoriously harder to like win Mm -hmm. anything at because the machines that like the house has to like pay out more in royalty towards those brands um well i hit a number on roulette once so it's doable oh really yeah that i totally could not figure out like we one night we went to the uh fremont street experience which is like an insane canopied uh street that's like canopied with led display it just feels like a scene out of blade runner uh and over there it's that's like the old the old vegas and over there we like observed some some roulette and like crap shoots or whatever mm-hmm. it's called the craps <laughs> yeah craps and i don't j- get yeah so. i just had no idea where we're looking at we were just rejoicing with the happy winners and saddened for the sad losers whatever 
Um, yeah, all in all, it was nice. And then we went to Miami. Okay, but wait, the sphere. Friends. Can yeah. we just talk about the sphere? Oh, the sphere. The sphere is insane. It like I look at the videos and pictures I took. It looks as insane in reality as uh. it does on your like computer screen or whatever. Oh it's my god! Much like everything else in Vegas, it doesn't serve nothing. There serves like a quotidian purpose, <laughs> and so everything <laughs> is just really extraordinary. It's a concert uh, venue. I mean, it could have just been a normal building. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I guess the, it is. The U2 um, residency is going to be there. That's going to be the oh. first thing there. Not interesting. <laughs> no, same. But um, I'm just like so over these memes that were happening a few weeks ago. It was like, uh, we can build the sphere, but we can't have health care. And it's like, what oh, does one... Up. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Like, what does one have to do with the other? Also, if anyone cares to know, uh, the city of Las Vegas recycles 100% of its its water that comes from Lake Mead. 100% of the water gets recycled. So suck on that, people. Um, What we found actually crazy about the orb, the sphere, the sphere... God, now I'm, now I'm Daniel Keller. Daniel Keller. Who, yeah, tried to poison you with the orb. I couldn't tell if he was like trolling me, but I think he genuinely thought it was called the orb. But like, it was just like Google it. <laughs> I just kept seeing ads for MSG Sphere, which sounds like a product from Knorr. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, wait, what was I saying? Sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> um, oh my god! It looks like we're never getting in the radio hall of fame now. <laughs> True. Uh, shoot, I totally forgot something about. Oh, Miami. Um, no, no, something sphere. about the something about the sphere, but I already forgot. Oh, okay. Anyways, it's also crazy because the airport's really like, um, like the city's the 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 um. The strip is not that big, and the airport's like right on the strip, basically. So when you uh, descend and like arrive into the city, everything's just like laid bare in front of you. It's just like it's kind of like when you travel to Toronto and land at the oh that island airport. I yeah, yeah. that's Which like I've right never landed at. Yeah, uh, it, it you just really see first of all you see the uh, Niagara Falls and then you're like you see the city it's like a very ominous like 911 yeah. style descent into the city <laughs> um anyways i highly recommend going to vegas i had so much fun um and i was in good company Miranda Lambert was amaze balls oh, yes. um, show was supposed to start at 8 started at 10 past 8 thank you very much Vegas. Vegas is such a such a well-oiled machine. It's not the uh you know the crapshoot of like going to see Beyonce in the MetLife studio um stadium or something like that having to show up like 3 hours ahead of time taking NJ Transit. Oh my god, yeah. that looked like a soft target. Um yeah. All those stories of people taking NJ Transit to the Beyonce show in East Rutherford, New Jersey. It was um, it was actually a very interesting sort of revelatory slice of who was able to afford general admission tickets like really close up to beyonce like seeing everyone's stories yesterday was really like basically them opening their like deep pockets (laughs) to the rest of the world um like someone who shall not be named who saw beyonce on two continents (laughs) 
even if I could afford it, I wouldn't want to do it. Um, in like the Renaissance Experience Club Zone or whatever it's called, the floor like near the runway. I'm just like, yeah. <sighs> count count me not interested she kind of lost me after the self-titled album which was also funnily enough the album where she gained my attention <laughs> and lost it thereafter my thing is like i would see the tour even though it's been spoiled by instagram because uh sorry not instagram uh tiktok but this summer all this like concert hoopla insanity has just ruined yeah. concert going for me like in terms of large tours um it was never a nightmare getting concert tickets even back in the day it was like oh this is gonna be sold out and like you know um but when it's like even shitty seats selling out within hours or whatever and then everything being on like resale sites like right like StubHub or seeker or whatever it's called um it's just like not for me like i have no desire to see any of these tours at this point yeah also who gives a fuck about the like the uh, how much like on the richter scale taylor <laughs> swift's Swift. last concert like caused a earth tremor oh god the robotic um, movements tour um yeah i mean her i i care even less uh for but whatever <sighs> Um, anyways, we have a pretty short episode today because we're both just such a busy bees <laughs> and under duress, <laughs> under duress for, uh, actually it's because of you, but sorry, okay. it's okay. I'm covered um, in paint right now and have heat exhaustion uh-oh. and I've had it. When will, oh when will God. Europe adopt the culture of AC? We have no, AC. You got, yeah, you guys have an AC, just not, not in the barn. I know, but I'm saying we we just got AC two weeks ago, and it's amazing. But the issue isn't that it's like hot out today. It's just like I've been out in the sun all day. Yeah. Um, painting, trying to get the stuff done because I'm leaving town tomorrow. I'm going to a very special wedding. Yes. And I have to get all this done, uh, this stuff done for a show in September, which I will announce soon on this podcast. Um just like the paint i've switched to takes 10 days to dry <laughs> oh my god uh it's like dry to the touch in half an hour but any slight pressure on it just like destroys it even like five days later right so from the uh, anish kapoor collection <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i'm just trying to get everything done and i have had it it's just it's really unmanageable. Um, I'm just ready to either stop being an artist or move up to the next level where I have adequate space uh, to like put all of this as I'm working on it. Because right. even in my old Berlin studio, which was like quite a nice studio, like I would still not have space for everything that I'm working on right now um, right. for the show. I mean, if only you were <sighs> underage and autistic, you would have really, uh <laughs> You, you would have gotten a better shot at this. Maybe Leon Black could have raped you. Oh, shut up. It's horrible. <laughs> oh, my God. That's horrible. Um, um, yeah, what's happening at MoMA? Um, I don't know. What? He seems to be uh, keeping us awake at night and the press is uh, going. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, um, strangely enough, no artist who's like engaged with MoMA in any way has said anything yeah 
Um, meanwhile, it's like the the opiates. <laughs> I just it almost <sighs> feels like the richer you are in that industry, the more of a like a vile predator you are. It seems yeah. very commensurate. Um, what the hell is going with him? I sh- I don't get it. Also, like, who the fuck is Jeffrey Epstein? It's 2023, and I still have no idea. Like, I <laughs> we talked about it between you know, you and myself and David. I until the whole Epstein story like came out of the blue, I had no idea who Epstein was. Maybe I've like heard of him, but like to the extent that this is like exploded on a global level, I just don't understand who this person <laughs> is and how he was you know bubbling under the surface for decades essentially um well i believe the theory of him being like somehow uh, intelligence related (laughs) of just like entrapping people not entrapping but you know what i mean like um being a pimp to them and then blackmailing them like i totally believe that angle to the story right but who would be his a uh like uh, who who sent him allegedly well people say it's like u.s intelligence british intelligence israeli intelligence like i don't know anyone's valid like um it doesn't really matter who but i could totally see it happening as a thing of like trying to just have dirt on people to then use them as assets Uh uh-huh I uh it just goes to show that the uh the art uh, uh the art business is just like ironclad shut nothing can harm it. <laughs> yeah. It's just incredible. But like what else needs to happen? Yeah. And um like, uh, I'm not excusing the opiates, but um it's just like there's so much noise around that, but then now this it's like has anyone said anything? Like right. The only people I've seen say anything are like people have like no uh horse in the race. Right, or people with zero social media clout. Yeah, or like social capital or anything. Yeah. I, uh, you know, they just have to, I was telling it the, uh, I was saying it the other day, they should just like sentence him to buying, you know, an X amount of like queer art worth <laughs> of, I don't know how many millions of dollars to uh, redeem himself and uh, expunge the charges from his record. Speaking and, uh, of queer, um, <laughs> Berlin's Hole Festival just popped off this weekend. Berlin's what? Hole Festival. What is Hole Festival? I've you've been like <laughs> you've been planting Easter eggs throughout <laughs> no, many group chats. I, no, I just week. I just assumed you would have. Uh, you, you're like Berlin friends. You're. I'm assuming you still have Berlin friends other than me, right? <laughs> I don't have any. I have no Berlin left. Berlin really? friends left anymore. Yeah, okay. except for except for Melissa, and she's she has one one you know like out the door she's she's queer supportive and adjacent um actually it was just the one year anniversary of that wedding i was at with her oh um, right with those iconic photos of her and ika on the mic <laughs> true rocking miss, out actually i miss her voice because she she used to pronounce my name amia in her australian accent she has a really fun australian accent it's not she does it's yeah. not like she's, a tiktok australian accent no, she's not one of those annoying Australians. <laughs> um, also, Lucy, shout out to Lucy. Love you. Not an annoying Australian accent. She's one of our podcast stands. Have I met her? No. Uh, she's an artist in Berlin. Okay. 
Wait, and what is what is Hall Festival? Is that related to Troy Sivan's Rush? <laughs> I feel like Rush is trying to be Hole Festival. Um, okay, <laughs> but like, what is Hole Festival? I've never heard of it. I lived in Berlin for uh, seven years. I think it. I think it's maybe like five years old or something. Okay, but it is at this old Fairopolis, so I'm assuming it's like an um, an old, an old steel what? mill. <laughs> Sorry. An old what? It looks like an old steel mill. There's like these uh-huh. giant cranes and things. Um, and it costs 200 euro to go for the weekend, which is the same price as like Primavera Festival in Barcelona, which is a legit festival where you can see like um, Pet Shop Boys and like Miley and, you know, like big acts. Um, so this whole festival looks like that meme with Nicki Minaj and Ariana Grande in a sewer, <laughs> like coming out of a culvert uh, in swamp water. All the stories were so nasty. <laughs> Just oh, wait, like it, it's, it's happened. It it happened. It was like I think yeah, yesterday was the last day or whatever. Everyone everyone came home with a parasite today, um, or oh or the the brain eating amoeba that you get from fresh water. Was it headlined by Jordan Firstman? <laughs> it's that vibe where you're like, yeah, um, Halit- halitosis and the uh... with a side of sif. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's just Wait, okay. Are you, are you referring to Joel Joel Messer? Is it Messler or Messer? No, there's a there's a Joe Messer who's a there's painter. a Messer and a Messler. Yeah, who's Messlier? Um, <laughs> One of them, one of them is a painter at Ellie Ryan's, right? We we should. We'll, we'll oh, get we'll to, get to that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, and the other one is a uh, notorious Drew Bader Jew. <laughs> it's like that oh. cartoon you have. His his work is that cartoon you have um, in your apartment. Jews, oh, Jews, Jewish, Jews. Yeah, the Jewish currents <laughs> cartoon. Yeah, no, he's just a Drew Bader. It's not even. A, it's not. It's not even refined like that. Um. So uh, the whole festival thing especially blew up in all corners of social media, not just Berlin, a few days ago because um, their, <laughs> on, on their Instagram account, they posted about their D-word station, if you catch my drift. No, um, I don't. What is the D-word station? A douche station. station. Oh. And you can only pay by card, which is shocking in Germany. <laughs> Oh my god. Five euro. Uh basically this is gonna be like a medical devices scandal where people are like mass infected by hep C or something. So how is that like for people so a uh I'm trying to find a delicate way to describe them. How how is Anal. that even a <laughs> Anal, but also they're not the biggest fans of showers yeah. in general. Someone. Was the Robert Koch Institute consultant on this? That's what I want to know, because this sounds like <laughs> pathogen central. It does, yeah. Um, all right, let's move on. So what's our big story we're going to discuss today? Wait, but hold on. What's the, is that like a, a techno festival? Is it a yeah, rave? it's like a bunch of DJs. Like, so there's like, there's like legit, like cool DJs, like Juliana Huxtable, but then there's like, clips i saw where it looks like that blessed madonna meme where she's just like mashing like like (laughs) two discordant (laughs) sounds on the turntables 
and like literally it sounded like that i'm like this is what you're paying 200 euro for <laughs> or like uh david getta at the uh, dj pool pont- pontificating some like libtard <laughs> yes, truisms exactly. no this is like and i can just see like elon and grimes are gonna show up there in a year or two and it's just gonna be like a big record scratch and this will turn into burning man uh, off the hills of uh, heels of her uh, <laughs> contentious debate with the uh, the red scare girls that's coming up. Red scare girl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> why is Dasha always disincluded from anything brainy? <laughs> I think I think it's there's a non compete with HBO or something. <laughs> and then uh, baritone Vice is gonna <laughs> <laughs> baritone Vice. <laughs> You're on fire today. <laughs> is moderating. Um, I, hear, I hear she's sharing a bunk bed with a uh, with Ben Shapiro. <laughs> he's he's got the bottom bank bunk, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh my god! Um, <sighs> I just somebody posted his like a few seconds of his like review of uh, the movie Barbie, which he of course hated. <laughs> Shock! Which kind of makes me feel weird because I also hated Barbie and I walked out. But <laughs> um, well. Yeah, I think it's like a, it's like a, I said uh, in the group chat, it's a, it's a group outing movie. It's like, uh, we're having a they fun make it night out to on be the town. More, but they make it out to be more than just that. Like I, when you, when you sit down in the movie theater, you sign a social contract <laughs> that is very, is very binding. Um, well, you know, like, um, you know, uh, that monologue, like America Ferrera's monologue. I don't. Oh shit! Because you walked out. Oh <laughs> wait, no, no. Yes, I have seen it. Sorry, for some reason I thought you said Sky Ferreira, and then when like my <laughs> wires uncrossed, I just it made me realize how much America Ferreira is like a ugly version of AOC. Not an ugly version, but like you know, AOC is just so stunning, and America I mean, Ferreira yeah, is yes. like her. Oh is she, my god! Was she ugly? Was she ugly, Betty? America Ferreira? She, yeah, she was ugly, Betty. Oh, okay. That no, no. I think sense. I think America Ferreira is pretty. In ugly Betty, she was definitely ugly fight. But AOC is hot, and uh, I have to say, she was on fire uh, during that congressional hearing on UAP and aliens. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you're tuning into a C-SPAN over there, <laughs> in rural Poland. Well, I'm a big uh, Art Bell fan, Coast to Coast AM in Dreamland circa 20 years ago. <laughs> um, I'm really into paranormal, um, but I'm very ready for alien contact, I have to say. And I'm glad that um, AFC is holding people's feet to the fire. I Call me when there's like substance on it that's <laughs> worth tuning into. I don't know. Uh, anyway, so there's like this monologue in Barbie and it goes on and it's like, you know, like women are expected to be this and be that and not be that. And, right. just, and people are like crying and it's like, I mean, I get it, but it's very much like the Beyonce, uh, you know, like feminist, blah, 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 blah. like the Chimamanda Ngozi, uh, <sighs> yeah. Adichie I mean, you, te- you texted me, you texted me like a week and a half ago being like, oh, I'm so happy for the, uh for the art for the writers strike because we don't have to endure an snl skit about barbie <laughs> oh that meme and, yeah. and when i walked out of barbie it just felt to me like i had just sat through an hour because that's how <laughs> that's when i walked out sat through an hour of like snl level type of humor it just felt like an snl skit about the movie barbie yeah like the jokes were just 
they were so unfunny that like when people around me were laughing, I just wanted to turn to them and be like, what is so funny? I mean, like I thought the movie was fun. It um, was fun, yeah, but it wasn't funny. It was trying it's not to be funny. funny. Exactly. The it's, it's like, like so on the nose. They needed like, like additional writers that are funny because like just by looking at Greta Gerwig and Noma Noma Noah Baumbach, Noma. you can like tell they're not funny. No, of course they're not. And I'm not and, spending another fucking dime on any of their movies. I've seen yeah. one too many of their schlocks and Yeah. Um I, I can't. They're just like I have zero idea how they've ascended this high in the industry. They're yeah. not particularly interesting. I hope they can't hear me because I think they live nearby. <laughs> um, well, I was gonna say they they have like um, it's like Park Slope annoying parent um, energy. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I made this progressive movie, and then in like two years they'll be embroiled in some like neighborhood scandal over like some class and race issue or something yeah it's gonna be like a self-fulfilling prophecy like when lena dunham on girls was talking about the park slope food co-op and she says how if she ever would join the park slope food co-op she would just like pay someone to work for her (laughs) and lo and fucking behold that's exactly what she did oh my god i forgot about that (laughs) yeah i'll dig up the article Jesus crazy from gawker i think Uh, i miss gawker's park slope park slope food co-op uh coverage it was iconic (laughs) um well speaking of lena dunham like Polly pocket that's a movie i'll sit through <laughs> and thoroughly enjoy believe you me um and i just really hope she turns that Polly pocket universe into a p-o-l-y pocket if you know what i mean <laughs> polycule pocket <laughs> yeah that that i'll watch oh like that she, that she'll yeah because now there's a whole like there's a whole like Mattel cinematic universe in like in the making or whatever. Poly PCOS pocket. Yes. Uh, <sighs> the other one I would, I would enjoy, I think is the uh, masters of the universe. Oh yeah. Thing, like Shira. Like Shira. Shira and He-Man. Yeah. Um, just please don't cast Zach Efron. Oh my God. It's He-Man. I just cannot look at oh his face. Oh my God. Um, I like my, wait, are micro machines Mattel? Nerf is Mattel. I would go for a Nerf movie. Yeah. Nerf and Koosh. <laughs> <laughs> What's Koosh? Koosh are those balls. Remember Rosie O'Donnell used to like fling these like elastic bouncy balls into the audience? Uh, I don't think Koosh I balls. Know. It was a, a very 90s product. It was like Nerf Frisbees, Nerf guns, and Koosh balls. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. Um, oh yeah of course of course i remember that yeah so uno how the hell are you gonna turn uno, uno. into a movie barney yeah. that's a little on the nose oh yeah i heard that barney's gonna be dark and twisted um With daniel kaluuya am i pronouncing his name correctly no idea oh i Magic saw oppenheimer did you see oppenheimer no i, I want to so no spoilers i want to see it um well i think you know what happens <laughs> i the do bomb I just... works <laughs> I have I have such an aversion to Killian Murphy's face, especially now with all the Botox in his upper lip oh or whatever. God. Does he look better on screen? Well, okay, so I thought he looked great as um, Oppenheimer, but then I looked at photos online after I was like, ugh. You know, just like candid photos of him are quite yeah. scary as just like a day-to-day person. 
but in that role he makes sense because he does look like Oppenheimer. Um, Who Emily even knew what Oppenheimer great. looked like? It's not like he had a yeah. I mean, I didn't it know it was either. a household family uh, face. I mean, if you got that Life magazine, that Time magazine in 1945, you would have known, but. <laughs> Sorry, my my family was too busy getting uh, cinched in the uh, incinerators. Um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, I'll watch any Christopher Nolan movie. I I thoroughly enjoy Tenet. We actually even Tenet was playing in a delivery room when oh my god when <laughs> when Asia was being born, but the it was it was screening in like uh not HD but like in a high frame rate, <laughs> and so it just felt like a like a home video my baby is not gonna see uh soap opera mode as her first vision in this world exactly uh anyways that's that's my one of my memories from the delivery Mm. um yeah Uh, hold on jordan texted me uh but yeah oppenheimer i would see an imax if possible oh it would right, be right, right, fun right, right. to see it on giant screen there isn't like crazy footage because the blast stuff is only just like you know a minute right but i mean it would be better seeing it on a massive screen and then my screening just the audio is so quiet it's like so annoying is it is it aggressively dark and inaudible like all of all of Christopher Nolan's movies, basically. The film isn't too dark, but uh, there were moments where I couldn't tell what Emily Blunt was saying. And oh, Emily Blunt's in it. I love Emily yeah, Blunt. And she's great in this. And uh, I saw the, like, because I saw it in Poland, so it had um, Polish Close subtitles. Captions. Yeah. And then, so I had to, like, use the, the Polish subtitles at moments with Emily Blunt. And it oh, wasn't, yeah. and it wasn't like a diction issue. It was just like a sound editing and sound mix issue where like, yeah. Um, cause you know, like in movies they do like additional dialogue recording. Like it was just like someone made a bad choice. Like they should have made her re-record something. Right. Um, anyway. Well, I was, I was highly disappointed. I went to my dentist the other, uh, the other day and walked through a SAG AFTRA, mm-hmm. uh, protests but there were no celebrities on site oh my god um we like, need you on the picket line people we, we we do like where are the new york based hollywood types where's chloe 70 oh she was at a salem show where he got arrested <laughs> who got arrested uh that turd lana was fucking <laughs> the guy from salem jack donahue oh I don't know, man. Um, also, La Tigra was in New York. That looked oh, fun. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan went to see them. Uh, did he have fun? Yeah, he had a lot of fun with the other aging millennials. <laughs> I love La Tigra. I wish I could have seen that show. Um, they came to Berlin, but I was on that trip with a f- friend of the pod, David. Um, Would have been fun to see La Tigra. It kind of sounds like peaches to me or whatever. Like, the, what? like a clunky, no. queer, like. You need to get into the thing. song with uh, Amy Goodman sampled. <laughs> 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 what a slice of the like early aughts, like a whole Iraq war protest song with Amy Goodman. <laughs> I once went to see her talk uh, at a talk with Vigo Mortensen at McNally Jackson oh on Prince Street. <laughs> With my father-in-law. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, 
No, Latigra's great. There's there's some great bops. Um definitely like Gen Xy. Um like what's that word? Like being in the know songs. Mm-hmm. Like that one Jordan said Jordan said they were kind of reminiscent of like B fifty two. That there was like a a call and response kind of B fifty two vibe. Yeah, I can see that because it was like that kind of um, similar aesthetic transferred over. Yeah. At that time. Um, and some of the songs I'm like, too. I'm just not a big fan of that like indie queer stuff from like the early aughts. If that how you can characterize it. Like peak early days of Williamsburg. <laughs> yeah. Aside from Keisha. That, that I will forever, will forever be precious Kaiser. to me. Kaiser. Kaiser. Not Keisha Shante or Keisha Cole. <laughs> anyway, um, should we should we move on to the big matzo ball of this episode? Yes. Okay. So everyone's been biz, been buzzing about the Larry Gagosian piece in the New Yorker, which is which very me, difficult to access, by the way. Yeah, not just difficult to access, but I went looking for this physical like print issue in three different locations, and not just like you know a mom and pop like magazine store or whatever. I went to like Barnes and Nobles, like multiple locations. Uh, the, whatever issue they had didn't have this profile and I had to wait a few days and I finally bought the new issue and lo and behold, it's not in the new issue e- either. <laughs> so I like had to download Tor browser <laughs> and like route it through Germany Oh my god! to access this 17,000 words profile, which could have, easily been edited it down to 10,000 5,000 I listened to the audio it took one hour and 50 minutes mm-hmm. um I made you a pdf that was 56 pages long I I like if I read so much on my phone I have to put it on uh like reader view mm-hmm. on safari and I couldn't <laughs> do it on a pdf it was just, otherwise it would have burned my retinas oh my god um I actually I, I took some screenshots, whatever. What's your what's your general takeaway? Well, okay, so it starts off pretty standard where it just like gives background and about his ascension and it's like pretty this, exhaustive. Yeah, like the story's been retold many times. It's like he was selling posters in LA and then he determined that if he just added a cheap frame, he could sell it for a bunch more. Um yeah. very Armenian of him. Yeah, except for, sorry to spring ahead for a second, but I I circled, uh, or no, I underscored, where is it? It, Towards the, like, you know, the the end of the article, the profile, it says, uh, one explanation for Gagosian's continued dominance after five decades in the industry is that for a white man of a certain generation, he has been surprisingly adept at shifting with the times. Excuse me, would you consider Larry Gagosian a white man? I mean, I would Being? now, but I don't know if in the 70s I would. Yeah. Like, um, it's like, okay, being like Persian or Armenian in LA in the 70s, like, uh, I'm sure right. you were still like really shut out from things. Yeah. Um, That's kind of when the article, when the profile kind of lost me because it just sort of revealed its not hidden agenda, but it's like. Yeah. Um, no, I. it's like. 
there's something about that ascension and also it's almost like Epstein-esque <laughs> where there's like there might be something something nefarious in the background of like the the inertia of the business kept going and going and kept rising because it's basically just operating as a bank and like an investment scheme for yeah. the top patrons in the gallery. Right. So maybe there wasn't a backer because there's like an allusion to, you know, who was it? Like Cy Newhouse or someone in the article or whatever. It's yeah. like, oh no, I'm not the backer. But I'm sure like the top clients, it's like, oh, if I buy this work, you know, and this thing is kind of like self-propelling, then I'm going to get return on investment. So that's where I was kind of the, the whole glorification of it all kind of was lost on me because 75% of this profile is basically a, a profile of a businessman. The sort of the, the accoutrements of the art world are so peripheral to the core of it, which is like the story of how this one person was able to, you know, perpetuate his wealth from a very, you know, meager starting point. It just, it didn't, it didn't fascinate me that much. It yeah. could have been any any other businessman's story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, to there, a certain extent, yeah. Go ahead. No, no. You go ahead. You go ahead. Like to a certain extent, he was obviously he had huge balls and a lot of chutzpah. Uh, and if anything, the profile really describes him or portrays him in a such a fucking thirst, shamelessly thirsty. <laughs> Light where it's amazing how if you're outside of his orbit, either, you know, professionally or culturally or whatever, he he has this like aura of like grandeur and aloofness or whatever. But like if you're within his aura, he like harasses you on the phone, like does it stop calling phone calls to you... women, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. That doesn't that that is even it's so boring because like who's the uh who's the primary source for that? Andy Warhol? <laughs> whore hall <laughs> um like he's just such a it just comes off as such a thirsty person with like incessant calling people yeah well the is he uh, is he wood thing is embarrassing honestly well you want to say a thing or two with the is he wood thing so there are listeners who probably have yes. heard of is he wood so like i've heard the name but i couldn't think of the work um so she's a painter uh how old is she? Like late twenties, early thirties? I guess so. Shows, like in her twenties, so showed with uh, Ellie Rhines. Yeah, and is also a musician. And Larry in the article was like really pushy and wanting to work with her and develop this career, which isn't like the usual mo of the gallery. Usually, it's like the groundwork is done by uh, kind of like a series of smaller galleries, right. and you climb the uh scientology ladder up to gagosian so it was unusual to kind of be engaging this young um kind of like bubbling talent let's say yeah uh and then yeah he developed what seems to be uh first of all a platonic relationship with this younger woman uh unlike you know the relationship he has with his current girlfriend who's also 28 (laughs) yeah Six years, his uh, his junior is represented by him. Uh, 
and everyone was just fine with it. I also found it so like sneaky that they roped in Woody Allen and Roman Polanski into the whole oh storytelling of Larry Gagosian as if like it holds water to equate these three men telling yeah. the story of how Woody Allen was like supposed to join a Larry Gagosian at Roman Polanski's house in Europe, but upon showing up to what appeared to be a very lavish man- mansion, realized he was actually at Roman Abramowitz's house. Oh uh, but like just the, you know, c- connecting these three figures so as to allude to their like, you know, sexual misgivings or whatever, yeah. I found it all very New Yorker on brand. <laughs> Uh, but like fucking, uh, what's her face? Uh, Woody Allen's wife was a uh, was a gallery worker at um, I forget what gallery now. But she comes from the gallery world. Uh, Suni. Oh no! It said she worked at Gagosian. She, uh, at Gagosian. Okay. Yeah. 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 And then um, it was interesting in the article too that like Stephen Cohen's daughter works at the gallery. Who's like yeah. It's honestly, I think, to someone who's not aware of the the ins and outs of the art world, it's like revelatory in a shocking way. The like the level of a uh, you know nepotism. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, just corruption, I guess, basically. But to us who are just so jaded, <laughs> I guess, by yeah. the reality. Anyway, well, it's not it's not really shocking. Uh but yeah, the whole thing with Issy Wood, it to me as a reader, it seemed like they developed a a there's something outside of business, I feel like, because these text messages that he seems so scorned to me doesn't seem like purely business. Right. But also like he's he's a single like he's he was single, ready to mingle. <laughs> he's incredibly wealthy, not unattractive. Um, she, I don't know her, but she like seemed to have a nice jolly relationship with him. And also like they interview her for the piece and she, <laughs> yeah. it's not like she's like lashing out at him or anything like that. It just seemed yeah. that at some point my impression was that she really acted out of line with him. Um, and well, yeah, what are you going to do when the, when you're dead? Like that's yeah, crass. straight up <laughs> asking him like succession type questions. What's your plan for when you're dead? Yeah. Like. Sorry, like, you don't ask that. Yeah, which is obviously it's kind of, it's kind of an, uh, the ironic crux in the heart of his life story because he like uh, profited or like parlayed so much off of you know the passings of um, very influential um, art dealers such as a uh, Leo Castelli. What's the British guy's name? I forget. Andrew something. Doffy. Duffy, yeah. So basically became their confidants and when they ended up dying basically inherited all of their clientele. Which like it kinda it just kinda really feels like paired with his a uh, um you know, with his endless thirst, uh and and I don't know what's a good synonym for greed, but he was also just in the right place in the run in the right time because nowadays the it will be much much harder to just like befriend someone very influential like there's so many yeah. like a, uh, structures and systems in place when he kind of was was booming and ascending in this 
in this industry it was also nascent yeah there was room for him to kind of take over very easily definitely <laughs> um yeah i mean it was uh sheer ruthlessness and um not giving a fuck it wasn't like uh an interest in art or knowledge or you know it's like doing these certain like mechanics in business that other people would be too embarrassed to do which is outlined in the article (laughs) right and there's also like there's a there's a a cult of personality around him for the very rich because like the profile goes on to depict like the most ridiculous transactions you could ever imagine like rich people really mishandling their fortunes by like yeah. letting him overprice things so ridiculously just because he recommended it there's like this yeah. aura of like anything he touches turns turning into gold and so i screenshotted a quote by diego Moroquin, a dealer who was friends with gagosian told me that collectors quote-unquote know they're paying more with larry and they know they're not getting transparency and they're still happy to do it he added (laughs) i've tried to sell the exact same painting to the exact same collector and failed and that person then went uh and bought it from larry with a significant premium on top i mean that's true that's art world in a nutshell yeah people are fucking dumb like they'll (laughs) you know that's why Trump is like leading, you know, by thirty seven percent over DeSantis or whatever. People just want the same like, you know, chewed up porridge or whatever. Yeah. They want to get fucked up the ass <laughs> with an added premium. Like just let them let them do their thing. Yeah. Um Yeah. I mean it's like my I could sell zero at my next show and then uh be at a blue chip gallery the following show and it sells out for no reason so yeah (laughs) and also the whole thing obviously is just so lifeless like the the big artists on his roster that are being interviewed like you know they're they owe a debt of a huge debt of gratitude to him for for the monetary securities of course for in perpetuity essentially but like the profile keeps reiterating how sort of scant his like artistic feedback is. He's, he, he seems like a knowledgeable enough of a person. Like obviously I, I only am aware, like know him by way of good friends and people who work with him. But uh, he seems like, you know, he's studied up to like prepare himself for the job, like in the seventies or whatever. But like, it's not like a bastion of like art history, intellectualism, over there yeah but Um, also like i mean i know like a a dealer i know who's very encyclopedic or you know yeah sees something and has a lot of reference points but at a certain point when someone's been doing something for so long it just feels like they're on autopilot right and it's just kind of like they don't care anymore it's it's like the other aspects that keep them going it's like I mean, if Larry goes and retires, what's he going to do? Like his whole identity and like self-worth is tied into right. being around wealthy people and feeling important and, you know, closing big right. deals. And and, and that, that's the thought I'm just realized I didn't, I didn't complete that. It's just so ironic that he's made so much, put so much effort into, you know, succession battles with the, with like other, other dealers in the beginning of his career he was able to, you know, inherit their pool of collectors or whatever. Like he's eighty now or whatever. Doesn't seem like he's like made any plans 
to like have anyone succeed him, which is like the polar opposite of the awareness that he's had to yeah. this exact same issue when he was just starting out. Well, there's the board, allegedly. <laughs> well, I mean, the board exists, but who knows what will happen when he right. passed away. But I mean, I could imagine the whole, like all these rumors of it being sold to like LVMH or something, like where it just becomes like a luxury brand. And yeah, and it's like decentralized in a way where, yeah, there would be a CEO and a board, but then there's all these sales directors that are just really running the show. Right. Um, but I mean, he seems still active and engaged in a way. Like I remember seeing him in Berlin. Remember King Size, that bar in Mitte? Vaguely. Um, it was like near Oranienburger Tor uh, station uh, on yeah. Friedrichstrasse. And I like walked in there and it was like him with that ex-girlfriend, the one that's mentioned in the article, the one that had kids. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Christine Erp. And I was just like taken aback I was like oh my god what's he doing in here <laughs> like right um and so he had clearly been in berlin for like berlin gallery weekend or art week like one of the you know big art weeks so yeah still doing his thing I, also like i i knew all along that like psych twombly was a dick like a greedy dick i read <laughs> i read the biography something chalk whatever a few years ago and he was just like a you know a shitty parent like absent avoidant all those things but like they really portray him in like a such a such an extremely greedy way in the profile where he's quoted saying the or someone's quoted saying about twombly the only two things i know sorry he says it the only two things i like are painting and flying on larry's plane (laughs) um which is whatever um i don't know i it didn't it didn't like it didn't make me jaded any further it didn't it wasn't particularly illuminating i will say it was kind of like if anything the way he talks the profile talks about antoine Sargent's like addition to gagosian like it seems like everyone's like aware of how like checking a box of like tokenism this whole move was it's just like you know what i i'll, I'll hand it to larry there's not a lot of pretense in what he does yeah it's not well, a lot the of Derek blasberg thing that became so apparent and transparent oh, yeah. in the story it's like oh he hired him for access to like his hot friends because he was like a fat socialite <laughs> right or him wanting to throw a party for Issy Wood and her, her giving him like a list of people to invite. And the only person he recognizes on the guest list is Mark Ronson. And she is like realizing, oh, I don't know any famous people. Yeah. It's like, like, oh, no, you I, just know Mark Ronson. Like, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Also, like the amount of money I would pay to not have to spend uh, an evening at such party is. Oh, I know. It sounds terrible. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Took me like an hour and change to read the whole thing. I can't say that I'm much smarter no. as a result of that. Sorry, uh, I forced you to read it. <laughs> oh, who's? Oh, he. Uh, like when talking to Issy Wood about her work, and I'm quoting: responding to a painting of a faucet. He says, <laughs> "I love faucets." Yeah, but it's Even like, what so- else is he supposed to say? It's like, yeah, exactly. That's, wow, you this know is what? profound. <laughs> Larry, I love you. 
Zero, zero fucks, zero yeah. pretense. That's actually a Larry one issy zero. Because <laughs> like, yeah. what exactly? Why are you painting a faucet? Like, what is there yeah. to say? <laughs> it's just so funny that he's been around for fifty years, like in in such like a an extreme accelerationist mode in terms of, of the the capitalist like takeover of the arts that we still sort of foster any belief that there's like merit into this. <laughs> where, where like. He's just, yeah, he's, I don't know. Keep doing what you're doing, Lair. <laughs> um, um, and. But also she, yeah. she fucked it up. Like she had the chance to show with Gagosian and now she, okay. She shows with Michael Werner, but, uh, she really messed it up. And he's, he's, uh, he says here, he seemed genuinely hurt and exasperated, uh and wondered aloud why she would quote unquote bite the hand that feeds her Ooh. but he repeated several times that she's a good painter um, well i you know my my inkling is that um maybe he had the same feelings as then he had for anna wyant his now girlfriend calgary's right. own <laughs> um whose work is i Mid. I'm kind of <laughs> It is mid. It's just like it doesn't really fit in the roster. It's like um, that Polish artist I don't like. Right, yeah. You know, where it's like, yeah, they're nicely executed. And like, I could and see like profile, a Charlotte like, a Charlotte type having that in her Upper East Side apartment. But like... Totally. And the article, the profile comparing her to like John Curian or whatever. Like, no. No. <laughs> no sensibilities like even similar in her work. Um, no john Kieran, I mean, good, there's like a kitsch to it it's right he's like i mean good for her faces. whatever she's yeah. like she's like a great renderer um uh, good for her or whatever um and um i'm not even being shady i would also f larry goes in so i hear yeah i hear a uh, hard of hearing but whatever it's, it's fine he just needs to turn it up to 11 and also that like new show by Honor Titus, it's like a black take on like waspy like tennis like life or whatever. I find it so. Why must everything be so on the nose? Uh, um, I maybe, love maybe tennis, goes, but the paintings to me are like as boring as the Jonas Wood tennis paintings. Yeah, exactly. Maybe Gagosian just needs to start like creating a cinematic universe <laughs> surrounding some of the shows. That's a good idea, actually. Yeah. It's just so incredible how uneven the roster is. Like Kiefer and then Alex Israel. Oh my god. And like Murakami. Surely there's like something for everyone in his roster, but like Maybe Ivanka or sorry, Ivanka. <laughs> Yeah, Ivanka can buy some more uh, Alex Israel works from him. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, it's an endless roster. But it is. Only, it's just also funny how some of the artists are like so not on my radar anymore. Yeah. There's some really shocking artists on this roster, actually. Like, when was that? Like, when was the last show of Jordan Wolfson you've seen? He's like totally, I don't know, kind of disappeared. And your Polish girl is also. Oh yeah, on yeah, roster. she's on it. It's like, it's kind Yushkiv- of redundant. Yushkiewicz. 
Yushkevich. Yushkevich. Eva Yushkevich. Sorry, I'm being shady about a fellow pole, but it's just like, it's not for me. That's fine. Oh my God. Okay. It's just. just, uh, Oh God. Anyway, my girl, Helen Frank Dollar's on there. Yes. Love love Ellen Gallagher. Where's Troy Savon on the artist list? (laughs) Okay. We got to go. I have to go to therapy and you have to go finish your work all right that um, was super fun oh by the way thanks for our a uh f- <laughs> for the endowment we've now received a a new login information <laughs> for artnet news yes <laughs> i, didn't I know forgot this. to tell you oh my god. yeah i forgot to thank tell you. you it just happened briefly before we started recording oh my god thank and you so, you're thank you our new much. number one stan yeah, um, he just listener. asked that we logged out after we've consumed the content because it turns out Artnet News is really is pulling a Netflix and is trying to eliminate <laughs> any like multiples or whatever. Like, oh my God. The, like, is this your business model, Artnet News? Are you really truly relying oh on subscriptions? <laughs> okay, can you manage that and just send me PDFs? I will, yeah. Okay, thanks. You know, if anything, like going off of Artnet News has taught me that life goes on without Artnet News. And True. So it's kind of like True. a tree in the forest. Okay. Anyways, slide into our DMs, start some convos with Share us. Share us, follow us, and help us blow up even more. <laughs> yeah, true. Maybe we can be the first day uh, podcasting duo on the Gagosian roster. <laughs> Um, I'll say it louder because I don't think Larry could hear me. <laughs> Good, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, love you, Larry. Love you. Love you, Amir. <laughs> Cheers. Nice.